Welcome everyone to the Immigrants Journey podcast, once again here to grow and learn about Ireland's immigrants and beyond. Today we have with us the very talented Katarina Scambri. She is an Italian-Colombian music composer and orchestrator currently based in Dublin. She has a particular talent working with live ensembles, having recorded her music with top-class musicians in state-of-the-art recording studios from different parts of Europe, including the legendary Windmill Lane Studios in Dublin. Katarina has also worked as an orchestrator and in the score preparation department for TV and film productions in Malaysia and North Korea. In December 2018, she became one of the founding members of Sonic Gate Studios, an international collective of sound artists engaging with visual media, concert music, audio production installations, and is here to share her professional journey to Ireland with us. Thank you so much, Katarina, for being here today. I'm really excited to have you on the show. I myself have an on-again, off-again romance with music and musical composition. I did a short course in sound engineering with the Academy of Sound in Dublin 8. And while it was really fun and interesting, I realized I did not want to be a sound engineer because that takes a lot of uh, work and some of it is tedious. But um, let's start talking about you. Okay. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. What has been the most difficult obstacle you've overcome in relation to adopting and thriving in Ireland? To adapting? Okay, uh, so when I first arrived, I was actually uh, pretty much in a sort of like easy environment, right? Because I arrived directly to start my master's. Um, it was very easy because I made friends straight away, friends from all over the world as well. Um, the program was beautiful. That gave me a good span of time to fall in love with the city, to fall in love with the culture. So my first year was actually pretty smooth, so to say. Uh, the moment I graduated, though, it got a bit tricky, right? Because you have all these friends that start leaving the country. Yes. Um, many of them stayed, lucky enough. Like, I have, uh, I still have a good group. Um, but but things change. Like, in, in any environment, in any place where you finish sort of like a degree and suddenly hit reality back again, you know, it's a bit difficult, especially when, when you're in a foreign country. Uh, so I did have a couple of months of struggle in that sense. Um, finding work initially was a bit difficult, especially because I come from like a very specific background, you know, like what I do is very specific. Yes. So it wouldn't be too easy to find exactly what I wanted. Uh, and that took time, I guess. And Was it always your aim to get work in Ireland as a composer or were you looking everywhere in Europe? Uh, well, I feel I always felt actually Dublin is a very good, like, basing spot, right? Because I'm pretty close by to the rest of the European market, and I'm pretty close by to all of the American market. So it's pretty yes. central in that sense. Uh, then again, there's a thing with the English-speaking market, right? Because it's usually bigger than the rest for cinema. So it's it's a good spot to be. I feel that's fantastic. Let's see what else I wanted to ask you. Yes, I wanted to ask you about shifts in your thinking. Like I'm sure you've uh, encountered a lot of resistance, especially being in such a niche market. What kind of attitude do you bring when you encounter resistance in your career? Right. Uh, well, I feel that this kind of resistance, if we're speaking from a point of an immigrant probably, 
it would have to be because it's a bit different to what they're used to maybe uh, sound wise music wise hey. whatever uh, but I, in the end I feel that's an advantage right yeah so this is just a matter of turning tables and saying you know what you probably have never heard this can you give me a second and that might show make you it. the change I guess what's the process like when you're interviewing for a role in the studio or to work on a music score do you have to show previous work do you have to tell them what you want to do with them how does that go right uh, so as right now I'm doing freelancing right so every project would be a different employment situation sort of like I'm constantly getting employed and finished the contract and getting back again on it right so every every client would be different in that sense you know many times it's going to be uh, someone posting online a project and then you just reach to them usually the way it would go is that you're sending some of your music some of your portfolio if beforehand they gave you an idea this is going to be about this or that yeah. then you can start maybe throwing ideas of so how like, would you approach the project let's say exactly it's like if somebody was filming a horror and they needed like dark scary music then you would show your work that's exactly. more in that genre that way exactly no, that makes absolutely perfect sense and what we do with the opportunities that we're given makes a total difference like coming from privilege doesn't always guarantee that you're going to do well in a new place like in Ireland we have such a rich um, immigrants immigrant segment and you have people here that are really well off coming here and you have people that are coming from nothing What opportunities did you find in Ireland and how did you engage with it? Um, well, l like I told you, for me, my big opportunity was somehow my master's, I feel. That was my way in in many senses. That not only gave me a lot of, uh, well, lifelong friends, so to say, but also a good step into my career professionally, right? That's the place where I met a lot of, um, for example, of my lecturers that later on became mentors that later on uh, introduced me to other musicians and other groups inside the country and that led on to projects and so on. Um, so yeah. yeah, I find the same. The support in university is not just the knowledge that you can gain there, because theoretically you can gain university-level knowledge online on your own if you are disciplined enough to actually go for it. But what you really gain in university is the contacts, it's the networking exactly. and mentors and stuff, so it's yeah. really beneficial for that reason. The other thing that I want to talk about is being a woman in your industry, right. because whenever you look at scores and composers, it's usually dudes. Were there many women in your course, and are there many women working in the industry now as composers? Yeah, well, I think uh, that's actually one of, of the markets in which, or places, industries, however you want to say it, in which there's a very, very small percentage of women representation still. Like when you see what you were saying, like whatever a uh, big score composer, it's mainly guys. It's very few of them, like you can really count them. Um, it's changing though, I feel. Uh, I feel creatively, women have so many things to say that they haven't said for so many years. You know, we have centuries of history of male composers in which you can really just set aside a very few number of female composers. Uh, I see it uh, as sort of part of this young generation. There are more and more and they all have very good ideas 
and I feel it's one of the things that it's very inspiring to to have around. And for me, for example, that was a big change when I arrived to Dublin, right, where I graduated from back in Colombia. I was probably the one female composer of, of, of my senior year, right? And then I got here and I suddenly start seeing different female composers, right, from Korea, from Malaysia, from the States. Uh, from Ireland as well, some of my lecturers. Uh, so it's, I think it, it, it does make a big change to, to have that in front of you, to see there are other females doing it. And, and that was well, pretty inspiring, pretty good about finding, a pretty good find in Ireland. That's really yeah. cool. What would you say is the most difficult part of your job? Um, I actually would say it's the social part. Uh, I feel most of us composers, well, I'm speaking for myself here, uh, are more sort of like introverts somehow, like, you know, where the creatives, you want to sort of like stay in your room, do your music, do your work, that's it. Uh, and then when you start this whole freelance thing, or even like in film, you do need to go out a lot. You do need to speak to people. Uh, get the gig sort of and that requires a lot of effort that's probably my my hardest I have found that that's true with anybody who's artistically inclined because they want to create their art but they have no sense of business and networking and self-promotion and that's where everyone um, who I know that's artistic struggles with so that's really interesting do or have you ever worked with a manager, promoter, or promotion agency? Or have you ever thought about that to get uh, your work out there? Not yet, actually. No, I've I've done mainly everything yourself. Uh, myself, I do have uh, well a nice sharing space, which is a collective with uh, some of my colleagues and friends. So that became like a big hub of ideas in which we're just putting a lot of projects together and. And I feel it's it's different approaching something as a collective than approaching approaching something as an individual. Yes, because now it's like your combined efforts. And do you yes. guys all do different things, or are you guys all only all composers? Uh, well, we're all composers, but we all have different skill sets, right? So there will be someone that's much more inclined to production or to orchestral or maybe if you're doing the music someone can do the recording or the editing or the mixing so it's it's having like all this sort of like talents inside the music departments and which are just switching roles in and out depending on who's carrying on the project so that's very interesting that is so cool i'd like to go there sometime and film you guys of and course like stick yeah, you on facebook so people can see <laughs> yeah. what you're doing <laughs> absolutely i'm a huge fan of artistic work and i just feel like there's not enough collaboration in terms of marketing yeah it's great to get your work done but then who's going to listen to it like whenever i turn on the radio i am so deathly bored with everything that i'm listening on there and i know there's so much rich and wonderful music out there being produced in the world but like where does the regular person access Uh, any of that that is true yeah so they could do something about that (laughs) (laughs) so i was asking you um about five things that you want to discuss with an audience and one of them was dublin as a city for cultural diversity yes what do you think about that okay i've been in dublin uh, a little over two years which is a short span of time i would say but somehow i've been able to see the change 
and see how more and more there's different people arriving from different places and how this is contributing to society to make it change a little bit, right? Um, the music scene here, I feel it's very interesting, not only on the Irish side, which is absolutely beautiful, and I, I adore like all the folk, and but also all the academic stuff Irish composers are making. But then when you start seeing people from other places getting in, there's this whole new element to it, you know? Yes. Uh, and that happens as well in film, but also around the streets, more and more I'm walking and suddenly I hear someone speaking Italian or Spanish or Portuguese or German. And it's, I think it's for good. I definitely think it's for good. Yeah, it's fantastic. Like you were saying, you found uh, other co female composers here from Malaysia and stuff. You worked in China as well. How did you? How do you get gigs around the world? Okay, I worked in uh, with uh, Korea and Malaysia actually, okay. not with China. Uh, no, actually, I did have one gig with China. Um, again, it all com comes back in my case to to friends as valuable connections uh, in my work environment and personally. So. When I came here, I met composers from all over the world, right? So now, for example, if one of them is having a movie in Malaysia, then I get to be in that project orchestrating, for example. Uh, if one gets a, one of her projects in Korea, I get an in into that project doing this course, for example. So it's it's a big uh, market opening to me, you know, because yes. I have people from all over the world who I have worked with, and they want to work with you again. Yes. So you just start getting things from, from different places. It's very interesting. That is really cool. I didn't know that um, Ireland was so diverse like that in terms of its compositional like opportunities and collaborating with others. That's really cool. So the music and film scene in Ireland, how do you get work doing scoring in Irish projects? Okay. Uh, so in that sense, I do feel uh, that market, it's still small Okay. here. Uh, there's interesting things for sure. And I, I do love working with Irish directors. Like every time I've had the chance, I've enjoyed it very much. Um, but one of the big assets is that I don't only have access to this market, but to the market in the UK, for example, or in Spain, or so it, it's a good base, it's a good point of, of reference, I feel. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's a growing market, it's an interesting market, but it does need to be fed from other, other places. places. Definitely. Yeah, it's just like a good hub, like you said yeah. earlier. What do you think of modern immigration? Okay, uh, so th this is actually a topic that I always found very personal. Okay. So I come from a family of immigrants somehow, right? My grandfather was Italian. He came all over, across the sea to America, right, to Colombia. And uh, from then, you know how you get this somehow embedded in your personality when you grow up in a family that has two different cultures, right? There's always this idea of, going somewhere else, of traveling, of yeah. getting to know something different, right? Um, I feel up until a couple decades ago, that was very specific to some families, right? That had that particular, you know, because the grandfather or dad or whoever made this huge trip 
across the world and ended up in a different place, right? It's, it's let's say, uh, something unusual. More and more I start seeing that it becomes almost part of many, many people's life. Yeah. You know? And, and I feel it's, one, it's interesting. And second, it's a whole way of society to build not only like different outcomes, no, that's not good. It's a good way for uh, for society first to become more inclusive, right? Yeah. Because it's 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 part of everyday life to exactly. have friends from different places. It's normal to have uh, you know to arrive to, for example, to school and know that your friends have parents from different places. And so I think that's that's interesting, and and I think us as the youth somehow have that in mind as well we don't want to stick into one place we want to see what else what else is, is there? there maybe different personalities work better with different places maybe you don't get to live initially in the place that is the best place for, for you. you yeah that is so true and technology has definitely made it easier in terms of understanding what you're going to walk into mm. when you go to a new place. There's so many people putting such cool stuff on YouTube about their cities, their neighborhoods. Yeah. You can really kind of get a taste of the offerings of different locations, which is something that was not available 50 years ago. Like of you course. Just get on a plane or a boat and see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> it's just the fact sometimes of visiting places if you're just traveling for the sake of travel maybe that will make you go to the realization that maybe i'm not living in the right place maybe i want to live somewhere else yeah that's exactly right i think probably now we have more opportunities to explore like human beings are getting married later and later and having children later and later that really helps you can spend your 20s kind of figuring out who you are what 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 do you want to do where do you want to live yeah in a way that wasn't that available i think to our parents generation and older for sure how do you deal with failure do i deal with failure i suppose it depends on the type of failure um because of my career as a musician i feel it's something we have to deal with every day from the very beginning, you know, like even when you're starting to, I don't know, play the piano or whatever, you just need to do it 20 times to get it one time right. Yeah. So. It's almost uh, like it's programmed in you. It's programmed. I feel failure, and it should be pretty much for everyone. Failure is going to happen. It's part of it. It's part, it's of, part of it. And and dealing with it is first, first and foremost, I think, see it as what it is, something that is pushing you somewhere else I guess yeah it's part of the experience Mm -hmm. and it's gonna make you better it's fuel I feel as well it's fuel for for getting better into something or becoming better at something I feel what do you think about music as a tool for communication okay uh well for me that might be music it's ultimately my first tool of communication you know from uh, from very early on, I think, um, as I was telling you earlier, I'm a bit of an introvert personality, and somehow my big ideas go out better that way, you know, through music through sound. and uh, through words. Yeah. When did you discover you loved music? Um, that was poof, that was actually a bit late in life compared oh. to most musicians. I I started formally 
uh, a music education when I was about 15. I was always very much into arts, especially literature. And then around that age, I just decided I wanted to be a composer, you know, and it just became this obsession in which that's what I want to do in my life, you know? And it just became all about that. I feel that early uh, passion for literature, it's my meeting point with film. Because yes. I always felt music was a way of storytelling. There was always a narrative behind music. So it's it's the perfect marriage somehow to do music for film. Yeah, that's a really good point. Absolutely. Um, I was watching, it's a horrible film, but I was watching this film called Cleaning Lady. It's uh -huh. a horror movie. Okay. It's, it, it's really disturbing. But I don't know why, when I was finished watching that film, I'm like, I would love to write the score for this film. Okay. Because it had so many notes on an emotional level. Mm -hmm. Like, dark, despairing, aggressive, violent. It was all over the place, and it just really made me inspired to write. I'm going to forward you a link to this yes, film. Yes, please. Because it might inspire you. <laughs> but let me warn you, it is a really dark film. <laughs> the name, though. <laughs> yeah, the name is. The name doesn't tell you anything. No. The first scene of that film sets the tone. Oh, God. The, the, the first scene is not good, but yeah, just putting that out there. Um, what has been your greatest achievement since coming to Ireland? Okay, my greatest achievement is both personal and professional, actually and was finding sort of my second family here. I I think I was way too lucky to, to bump into the people I did. And they all became super important part of my life, not only as the moral support and as companionship, as, uh, I guess, um, but also professionally, that's where everything started. That's when I created what I was telling you about this collective with them. And it's just um, the perfect space for me to have ideas, to do things that on my own I probably wouldn't be able to do, right? Yeah. Um, we've been doing, I don't know, for a year and a half now, but a lot of exciting things from in-house projects in which we're recording, uh, for example, uh, interpretations of Irish music to a, a trip down to Spain to do a music documentary, uh, feature films with Malaysia, TV with Korea, uh, video journalism, and throughout Europe it's been incredibly exciting. I'm very grateful for that. And that's Soundgate, is that what you call that's it? That's Sonic Gate. Sonic Gate, very yes. good. So who came up with the idea of the Sonic Gate? Uh, I think after a year, more than a year, a year and a half, we were studying together. Suddenly you realize how all these people you have around, they're so talented, right? And we were all admiring each other's work. And then somehow you're sharing work experiences when you're in uni, right? Because you're doing projects together. Yeah. And then we realize, okay, this works. There's a lot of chemistry working together shouldn't we just like sit down and make it something and and yeah about 
I think four months after graduating, we were already setting the thing. It's amazing. Yeah. So you found your niche and you found your family, and this was all in university. And this was all during the master's, yeah. That is fascinating. What is one thing you know now that you wish you knew when you first moved to Ireland? Yeah, that was a very difficult question, I remember. Um, no, actually, that's one that I don't have, like, I, I feel I'm a big fan of of not going back to who I was. I feel the moment I arrived to Dublin, I was a very specific person, uh, as naive as I was, uh, as naive as I still am, but it was different back different then. Different naivety. <laughs> yes, exactly. And and I feel it all made part of the whole experience, coming without knowing many things and getting to start, you know, starting to know them later on yeah. throughout my time here. I agree with that. Like, if I knew going into university how difficult it was going to be during some stages, yeah. I probably would have chickened out. So sometimes, Maybe, it's, yeah. so sometimes it's better. It's like, just, just go. Just go, yeah. You'll figure it out as you go along. And people are more resilient than they think. They are. They do. Like, yeah. I, I feel, I, as as I was saying, it's sometimes it's good not to know yeah. what's up or, or how are you going to deal with certain difficulties or whatever. Because that's, that's when the whole thing clicks and you realize, okay, this was my way to cope with that. Yes. And Katerina, thank you so much for right, chatting Carmen, with thanks us. Thanks a lot. For chatting with us today and sharing a little bit about your professional journey. It's been a pleasure. And where can people find you and your work online? Right. So uh, I do have my personal webpage, uh, just my name, katerinaskembry.com. And then for the collective, it's sonicgatestudios.com as well. That is perfect. We'll put that, we'll link that in the show notes. Thank you everyone for listening and until the next journey, ciao.